Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? Good morning. Now, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving with your family and friends. If for some reason you couldn't get together with family and friends for one another reason, I'm with you. Same thing happened. We have, my family's in Connecticut. I usually go there, but there was health issues, so I was on solo, so I, I, I'm with you uh, with that. So anyway, God bless and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, so the title of our message today is A Real Discussion About Our Faith real or genuine discussion about our faith. So um, if you're the type, and we love you, if you're like a name it and claim it, I stand on the word of God, or, you know, I never have any doubts, or this is what God says, I believe it, that's it. That's great, but that's not today. If you love God, or you, you're, you're interested in the faith, or you've been following God, but sometimes you struggle with your faith, you struggle with your belief, sometimes you just want to give up, well, you say, you know what, this doesn't make sense to me, or God, what's happening? I don't see you coming through. Then this is your day. Okay, so let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for Thanksgiving. You're the giver of all gifts. So we thank you uh, for family, friends, even if we're by ourselves, you, we know you're with us. So Lord, we uh, just speak through me today, Lord. Um, I, I'm not, no great speaker. It's about you, Lord, and I pray you touch each and every heart, Lord, and uh, even though some of the sermon might be a little difficult, some of the things that come up, Lord, we, you use that to grow us, to strengthen us. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we're do, I'm, I decided to do this. I was going to do something on Thanksgiving. I was going back and forth driving Drew and the staff nuts last week. I was going to flip a coin. But uh, I decided to do it on faith for two reasons. First of all, we're, I checked today's the first day of Advent, although we'll start our, our, our series next week. But, um, you know, the Advent time leading up to Christmas, and then we have after that, you know, Lent and Good Friday and Easter. That's the foundation of our faith, right? Without those uh, historical events happening, there is no faith. There is no Christian faith. So I thought that would be a good reason to talk about it. And the second reason, I'm going to be honest with you, up to like a month ago, I was struggling a lot with my faith. And I was saying to God, God, you know, I've been praying about certain things, waiting for certain things to happen in my life, and it ain't happening. And are you going to come through for me, Lord? And, and this is the way the rest of my life's going to be? And, you know, I was even questioning, you know, the reality. I said, you know what? Scripture is great, but it was written thousands of years ago. Is it still relevant for today, for me? Is it still real? And then also, we just read the scripture. Thank you again, Mark. And, and when Jesus uh, went to the man and, you know, someone was demon-possessed, and uh, the man said, would you heal, heal him? And he says, uh, do you believe? And he says, I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Help me, my unbelief. I've been saying for that for weeks. Lord, I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And, you know, so that's why I decided to do this. And you know what? Maybe you've been there or maybe you are there today. Maybe you have faith, but in some areas you have some doubts or questions, right? Or maybe you've seen God come through for you in a lot of areas, but there's one or two areas hasn't happened yet. And you see it come through for other people. And you say, when is my turn, God? Or is my turn coming? Uh, like I said, sure, you've seen him come through in areas, but maybe there's an area too where it could be financial, could be family, relational, could be you want it, when is my person going to come that I want to have a relationship and get married? Maybe it's something about your children or you're waiting to have children. You're saying, is ever going to happen? Maybe it's health. You want to feel better and hasn't happened. It could be your future. It could be some aspect of your job or you're waiting to find employment. And you have questions. You have some doubts. 
okay? Um, now, could you put up the first slide, please? And I'll turn and read it for us. Okay, this is, I, I Googled faith, synonyms of faith. So words that we could use are synonyms of close to faith, okay? Trust, belief, confidence, conviction, credence. Is that right? I say credence? Reliance, dependence, optimism, hopefulness, and expectation. We'll talk a little about expectation a little later. Uh, now, I assume, maybe I'm wrong, that most of you are uh, faith-based people, Christian or otherwise, okay, that you believe in God and you probably believe in the Bible, the Word of God. Hmm? Uh, and if you're not, you're not, or you're just searching, you're just visiting, we're, we're happy you're here today. So you're welcome here today. Um, so some would say, you know what, I'm not saying here necessarily, but out there, you know what, I'm not a faith-based person. I don't go to church that much. I don't go to synagogue. I don't pray that much. I don't read the Bible. I don't, you know, do meditation or anything like that. But I would say that everyone, to some extent, is a faith-based person, whether religious or not. For example, you all take airplanes, right? I'm sure you put your faith, whether you know or not, in that pilot that they're going to get you to your destination safely. Same thing with a train conductor or a bus driver, right? You're all sitting in these great benches. What do you know now? You're putting faith that, that in that bench that it's not going to collapse. You're not going to fall on your butt, right? Um, you go to restaurants, right? You have the cook and the chef. Comes out, brings you nice food. You have faith. The chef is putting some good ingredients in there, right? There's not something in there that you're going to say, oh, my God, right? Uh, now, you, you, you don't see the ingredients, right? But you have faith that, you know, whatever's in there is good stuff. So, to some extent, we all are faith-based person. We all rely or put our faith, expectation, uh, hope, optimism in something. It could be a political system. It could be the government. It could be humankind, the hope of man and womankind. It could be a faith in the stars, the horoscope, or Hollywood stars, right? Some people. I don't know about that. You could put your faith in the lotto. The Mets, the Yankees, the Jets, the Giants, the Rangers, the Knicks. Let me see. The Nets. I think I, uh, I, think I covered everybody. Yeah, I want to make sure we, you know, we, we're all inclusion here. Uh, or, and some, you know, or something that you hold on to. Uh, something that you bank your life on. You know? uh, so we all put our faith in something, our hopes and expectation. Now, I have a difficult question that I've, for you. Not, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Um, but I, I've asked myself, and I've asked a couple other people, and I'll tell you what the answer is. And here's the question. What, I'll, I'll, I'll use me as an example, what have I found out that what I believe in, put my faith, my hope in, bank on, is not all in line with reality? What happens if I find out that, or what I believe in, my faith in God, whatever, some of it is not in line with reality? How would I react? How would I feel? How would you react? How would you feel? Just, don't, just think about that for a couple of seconds. Me? I'd be floored. F-L-O-O-R-E-D. I'd be floored. I'd be stunned. I'd be silent. I wouldn't have words to say. I would probably fold up like a tent. Uh, I asked um, when we were when Hope Astoria I was there with Drew. There was a young man and woman who hosted uh, in, uh, in Astoria. I won't say who they are. Home group, They're a great great couple. We had great people there, and so I put this question out in the Bible study. It says, "Let me ask this question: If you found out what you believe in, your faith in God or whatever is not 
what you think it is, or it's something different than reality. How would you feel? Well, the guy, the young man who hosted it, you should have seen his face. Did you ever see the movie? I hate to say it, The Exorcist, or if you haven't, don't watch it at night by yourself. <laughs> but it's a great movie, by the way. But it's a faith-based movie. But the thing is that his face turned like her. I mean, it was like, I thought his eyes were going to pop out. He turned red. He's saying, what? He said, you mean to tell me the thing that I banked on? His wife is like, the thing that I hope for, the thing that I rely my life on. I don't want to say the word that he used before that I banked my line on. It's, it starts with the sixth letter of the alphabet. I can't say it's his church. But, you know, if it's not real, and I thought he was going to bang the table, he says, man, I go nuts. He says, I'd be I'm already pissed off just that you answered that question. I was like, ooh. That was his response to the question. I also asked Pastor Pete, where me and Drew uh, met in New Life Fellowship, Pete Scazzaro, years ago, we were downstairs before, the, before this other guy. Uh, and I said, Pete, is there any possibility that what we believe, maybe it's, there's some, it's some off or there's not the reality? And he said, no, I don't think so. And I'm not just saying it. He's, right away he said this. No, I think it's real. I think it's true. He said, but in the one in a million chance, if it wasn't, you know what? I'd be grateful. I said, what do you mean will you be grateful? Why? He says, could you tell me a better way to live life, to live for something greater than yourself, God, a higher power, to live not just for yourself, but to love other people, to sacrifice and serve your fellow man, to maybe even love your enemy. He said, so I, don't, I know it's true, but I don't have an issue so it's i was telling my friend eric about it and he said you know what that's great response it's the first guy he's great honesty but you know it, it may be he and he has to grow up we all do maybe to some extent his faith is based on you know what i believe but i life or god owes me something you know i i have the faith i'm trying so god's got to give me your life underneath you know, the life owes me something. God owes me something. Where a pastor was like, you know what? I'm grateful. I know it's true, but he wasn't. I'm so grateful anyway. I'm going to continue to live this life regardless. So it was very interesting, not a criticism, even my response. And if you think about how you feel about it, I know it's a scary question. But the reason I asked it is because I think it's real. I believe it. I think you do too. But the thing is that underneath, what's the basis of our faith? What, why do we believe what we believe and what is the purpose of it? Is it really because of God we want to serve God, a higher power? Is it for other people to serve other people? And also for ourselves too, I'm not saying you, we need, you have needs too. Or is it really for ourselves? The faith, if it's really serving me, I need something, I'm going to get something out of my faith. Again, not that you, you, I, I ask God for things we should, but what's really underpinning, what, underlying your faith? And that's really the question for that answer. It'd be something good to think about. Um, just another, uh, I'll tell you another thing, because uh, we're being, the, the, the title is a real, right, genuine discussion of faith. So we'll get to the good stuff later. But, um, so I remember at New Life Fellowship, we had another Bible study, and there was a woman there, um, Pastor Pete's assistant, great woman of God, more faith than I am, prayerful woman, and I read a story. And it was about the storm that was supposed to come and hit, I don't know if it's Maryland or something, so people were praying, hoping it wouldn't happen. And then like half a day before, the storm veered over and nobody got hurt. And she was, oh, praise God. Thank the Lord. I said, that's great. I said, that's great. Then I read it again. And I kept writing. Well, the other thing is the storm took it left and hit another state. And it smashed thing, destroyed property, and some people perished. God bless her. 
she folded up like a tent. She did not say anything for the next hour. She stood, she stood in the corner. It was almost like, you know, Muhammad Ali, the boxer, it was almost like he hit her with a right force and she just fell down. She, she couldn't go on. I felt bad for her. But you know what it is? She, great woman of faith, but everything has to be black and white for her. Black and white. No questions about faith, no doubts, no gray areas. Because, not criticizing her, but her faith, her, um, what's the word, just her belief system could not accommodate any question or any uncertainty about God. And, you know, so, uh, and that was, that was it. But, you know, not judging her or criticizing, but it's just interesting the way people handle certain things. And, you know, actually faith, right? It, by its very nature, there, you know, you ask from time to time. If, if you've never questioned or asked anything about your faith, you're a better man or woman than I am for sure. Um, but when I was struggling recently, you know what brought me back? There were a couple of things. I remember before I was a Christian, I went to New Life Fellowship. My stepbrother invited me, and Pastor Pete was talking about God's love and Jesus. And uh, he invited people who wanted to move forward with that. And I'm not the type that, or, okay, my hand went up. And I didn't raise my hand. And I started crying, and it wasn't emotional. It was like the spirit. I remember that. I've never forgotten that. Then, a couple years later, when I was reading the Bible, I came across the verses where it says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And I felt in my heart God lovely convicted me because I had a habit of telling people, yeah, let's get together Thursday next week. And then I cancel out for good or bad reasons. And I had a conflict with a person. And uh, the friendship ended. And then I, God was saying, Daryl, you, I love you, but you're sloppy. You have to be a man of your word with people. You can't keep canceling out and saying, and I really felt it in my spirit, God speaking to me. I remember that to this day. Then there was another time I was having nightmares for nine straight nights, living in Astoria. And then finally, I sat down in my kitchen, and I was reading devotionals. I said, God, what am I going to do about these nightmares? And I heard a voice, not in my subconscious, in my ear. And it wasn't like loud, but it wasn't like a whisper. A voice saying, Daryl, why don't you just go in your room and pray? I went in my room and prayed five minutes, no more nightmares. So, it's, and then also the way God has been faithful to me, my aches and pains. I, this could be it. I'm not going to be able to preach. I wasn't feeling good this week. I'm not going to be able to go to work. But he's faithful to get me through those things. So my question to you is, and, and let me just say one more thing. Let me say one more thing about why I believe. Aside from all that, just going outside, creation, the skies, the mountains, right? The water, the oceans, the animals, the birds, um, everything. All the beautiful people on this planet, even not being a theologian or science, I can't see this all coming about by itself. There's no way, when I think about it, and I'm not saying because we're in church, I could be sitting down with people where I, there's no way it's all by itself. I just can't see it. Even evolution, even if there was some truth to it or there is true, doesn't make a difference to me because I believe God orchestrated it. Here's the thing. Not that I believe in it, but I preach once or twice on Genesis and how God, the creation, God is a God of process. So it wouldn't floor me at all. Um, so let me ask you a question um, for yourself. When you struggle with your faith, when you um, have doubts, what are the things that bring you back home? What are things that bring you back to God? What, what has God spoken to you about? What has he revealed to you? In your life, in your, through the Bible, through the Holy Spirit, through someone else, through experience. 
how has God, I'm sure he's been faithful to you in the past. So when you're having struggling and doubts like we all do, that's the thing to do. Let me go back to my roots. Let me go back to what God has said to me, what he said in the Bible, how, what he's revealed to me, what he's shown to me, what he has done for me. You know, and, and that will help you to restore your, your trust. Now, the interesting thing about faith is the Bible tells us that we need to have some degree of faith to please God. I didn't put the verse up, right? But the interesting thing is God is the one who gives us the faith. Isn't that interesting? God requires us to have at least some level of faith to believe in him, to move. But he's the one who gives us faith, the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, faith is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I won't go into the spiritual gifts, but... Um, um, yeah, uh, Mark 9, uh, chapter 1. Could you put up Mark 9? Yeah, uh, again, if you can, verses 21 to 24. Um, so Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this from childhood? He answered, I, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit, you deaf and mute spirit. He said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Do you notice uh, the man said, I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Now, what did Jesus say? Did he say, get out of here, you heretic. I don't want any part of you. You don't believe, you don't have enough faith, you doubt me? No. He healed the boy. Because of his compassion, his love, his care. Uh, that's why he healed him. He saw the man was struggling. So sometimes, although we struggle with our faith and don't believe the way we should, God still will answer our prayer and give us what we want. Why? Because I just said, because he's compassionate, he's merciful, he's gracious. He's a giver of all good things. But number two, faith is not a formula. It's not formula driven. It's not like, well, if I have a certain level of faith, let's say on a scale of 1 to 10, if I get over the 7, God is going to move on that. But if I fall under the 7, he's level of faith, he's not going to move. He's not going to give me what I want. He's not going to answer my prayer. That would be dependent. It would be a works mentality. That would be dependent on us and our faith as opposed to God, who is the giver of faith, you see. So that's why sometimes God will provide and give and answer the prayer even when we're struggling with our faith. Could you put up the second slide, uh, John chapter 20? Uh, on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and said, The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus said, came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand inside, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. He, then he said, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it on my side. Stop doubting and believe. Jesus said to him, my Lord, my God. Then Jesus told them, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. You should be encouraged by that. The fact that we can't see, right, the, the Father physically. We can't see him visibly. But Jesus said, 
you are blessed. Why? Because you believe. Even sometimes you struggle, even when you have doubts. The fact that you're trying, that you're uh, going to God with your faith, you're being honest with him. You are blessed. I remember Pastor Pete in the left, he said, you know what a miracle is to have real faith in God, to believe him, even if he struggled? That's a blessing. A lot of people don't have that. So if you're here, even if you struggle with your faith, but you believe, you are blessed. You are blessed indeed. And Jesus loves everyone, even if you're not a believer. He's an atheist, but the, or an atheist, so that's fine, but you are blessed, especially if you believe. Um, now, that being said, God does require faith in him. And, and, and I think that sometimes we, I, we have a habit to lowball God, to minimize what he could do in our lives, to minimize who he is. Could you put up the uh, next slide? There is a difference between wrestling, struggling with our faith at times, and lowballing or minimizing who God is and what he could do. So, like I said, I was struggling with my faith, had my doubts. I'm sure it's maybe at times you do too. But there's a difference between that and lowballing or minimizing who God is and what we think, having low expectations for him in our life. Okay? Uh, put up the next slide, please. I know we have a lot of slides. Ephesians chapter 3. Now to God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus throughout all the generations forever and ever. Do you believe God could do great things in your life? Do you still think that he is a miraculous God, that he could do great things, that he could make a way where it seems to be no way? The Bible tells us that God, nothing's impossible with God, right? I'll tell you a story. Um, when I was back in New Life Fellowship, there was a woman, Sue Stacy, and she had a brain tumor. Didn't look good. Doctor said they're going to go and try to operate, but it doesn't look good. So, men from the church, I, I didn't do it, but there were a couple of men from the church, uh, about seven, eight, or ten of them. If Craig Fee, I don't know if you know him, he's one of them. For a week before the operation, they fasted, they prayed, and they did one more thing. They shaved their heads. They all shaved their heads, as in the Old Testament. Why? It's a sign of faith. To, to go to God and say, um, we're doing this because we believe that you could do a miracle in this woman's life. So it was a day, uh, this, what happened was the day before the surgery, one of the doctors, one, I'm going to take more x-rays of the other doctors to make sure everything's ready. And then two hours later, he calls the other doctor, he says, I got to talk to you about something. He says, yeah, go ahead, what? We're going to have the surgery tomorrow. He says, I don't know. He says, what do you mean you don't know? She said, you're not going to believe this. I see scar tissue. There's no tumor there. And the other said, well, how could that be? That's impossible. The thing was growing, and now you tell me it's gone? We didn't even give any chemo. How did that happen? You know how that happened. I know that happened. And by the way, I'm just not, I'm not oh, here's an idea. It really happened. I remember it. That's what happened. Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. Now, again, our title is A Real Discussion About Faith. So, Here's a reality. Now, if you put up uh, next slide. Now, this is Hebrews chapter 11. It's speaking of men and women heroes in the Bible, Abraham, Sarah, and others. All these people were still living by faith when they died. In other words, when these people died, passed on to heaven or passed, they were still living by faith when they died, okay? They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Why did I put that up? Because... Again, I want to be real. 
about our faith. We could be praying for things in our life. We could be praying for our children, for healing for our children, for the future for our children. We could be praying for, you know, causes like uh, uh, social justice, right, and to racism. We could pray for the elderly, the poor, the homeless, and to violence, world peace. You know what? It could very well happen. But it may not happen when you or me are still on this earth, unless Jesus comes back. It may not happen. It may happen later when we're gone from this earth. So the reason I'm telling you is that is not to discourage you, but to encourage you to keep praying because you, everything that you're praying for may not happen. God will be, but it may not happen while we're on this earth. It may happen for the next generation. But your prayers, your faith for the next generation, the generation to come, is very important. So keep on what you're praying for, keeping on. Um, could you put up the next slide? Okay. I, I, this is from me. Was, I didn't get any quote from anybody else. I, 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 I came up with this. Faith is continuing to press on and follow God, although you may not get the answer to your prayer now, or to your question, why God, or to your question, why not God? So faith is continuing to press on and follow God, although you may not get the answer to your prayer now, maybe later, or to your questions, why God, or question, why not God? Quote by D.R. D.R. Romano, not, I'm saying not Dwayne Reed, because I lived on the Upper East Side, and Dwayne Reed used to be our tenant in the building, and he used to have a D.R. initial on the building. And I put on Facebook, I'm so impressed by our building management that they have my initials on the building. So, you have to have a sense of humor in church too, guys. Um, yeah, let me ask this question. Have you ever heard people say, ah, faith, religion, is this the crutch? Has anybody ever heard that before? Yeah? I remember having a discussion with my brother-in-law about that. Uh, I mean, my, my uh, yeah, brother-in-law years ago. And he said, yeah, faith, religion is the crutch. And we discussed it. But I was thinking about it. Have you ever broken your leg or your foot? Right? It's painful, right? It's a reality. And you have to have crutches, right? I've seen children, eight years old, elderly, walking on crutches trudging along it's difficult right but they they try but we need when that happens we need support we need help we can't walk for a couple of weeks without that support it's very important that we have that crutch i don't see that as a weakness i see that as a strength they could just i'm going to stay home and they're there they're making the effort some have to by themselves they're going out with the help of the support right and they're going on with that crutch same thing with faith in god some people say you're weak but you know what i say that if we're going to god in our weakness with our problems even if the imperfect faith we talked about, we're reaching out to him, we're praying to him, we're going to him. I don't see that as a weakness. I see that as a strength that we're not giving up. We're in the battle, we're, in a, we're struggling with our faith, but we keep going to God. I think that's a strength, so I want to encourage you to keep going, keep on going, right? Um, now, um, yeah. So if someone says to you, ah, use God as a crutch, say, you know what? Oh, bless you, thank you. I love you. Okay, did you ever wonder, we've got a couple of minutes left in the sermon, but do you ever ask or wonder why God hasn't shown himself physically? Why the Father has not shown himself physically to us? I've asked that question, and just give me one second, please. Yeah, so in uh, Mark chapter 9, what we read before, Jesus says, uh, verse 19, this is an unbelieving generation. An unbelieving generation, right? Uh, and he meant when he was there, but I think he means it even for now. You know, I Googled something. I said, what happens if God, the Father, God, showed himself to us? 
And the answer was this. You would have a lot of, and he did great miracles now today. You'd have a lot of skeptics. Said even more than the skeptics in the time of Jesus. Because we live, not criticizing, a skeptical generation, right? We live in a generation that doesn't believe. You have to see things. Even when you see it, people still question things, science, and other things. So, you know, it was when Jesus was with his disciples once, he says, you know, I've been with you so long. I've done miracles. And you still don't not believe me. I'm right in front of you. So why would it be any different today? So, yeah. So if you ever think, why isn't God just showing himself to us? That's why. Probably more skeptics than if he doesn't show himself. Okay. Um, yeah. Could you put that Alistair Begg um, uh, slide up? I got this Facebook. It says, if, if I believe only what I want to believe in the Bible, then what I actually believe is myself and not the Bible. He's talking about faith. So let me, if I believe only what I want to believe in the Bible, then what I actually believe is myself and not the Bible. What does that mean? You all have your, I do, your favorite Bible verses, right? Or your favorite passages. I have mine. And that's great. But when Jesus says, take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me, I don't really want to look at that. Or do I have to go back and look at the story of Job of all he went through, you know? But what it's saying here is that God loves us, but it's the whole enchilada. You, it's from Old Testament to New Testament. You have to include everything, even the stuff we don't like. If we, or people out there, say, oh, you know what, I like this, I like that, but the reason I like this is because it fits in with my lifestyle, so I agree with it, right? But, oh, no, this part, I don't believe it, or it doesn't fit what I want my lifestyle to be. Well, that's okay, but that's not really, no disrespect, that's not following God. And I think, I was going to go into some more, but God have mercy on I think this generation, I think it probably describes a lot of people, you know, and yeah, I'm not saying anybody here, but yeah, but it's a whole enchilada. It's not just what Daryl likes. Even the stuff I don't like uh, is important. Um, yeah. So uh, could you put up the next slide? Yeah. Luke chapter 6, verses 27, 28. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. You know, we're talking about faith, and I think the thing... One or two things, at least one thing that distinguishes the Christian faith from all of the faiths and beliefs, love your enemies. Do good to those who hurt you. Nobody wants to hear that. If you go outside and people say, what? I'm not going to do that. But that's what God is inviting us. Actually, he's asking us to do that. I was at Redeemer up beside last uh, weekend. The pastor was speaking about Romans where God says, get rid of all evil, all hate, all anger. And he invited people for the next week to think of someone that they're at odds at, at work, family, even a political figure. Maybe you're on the right side and you hate this person on the left side. Someone, and vice versa, someone that you hate right now or just can't stand, and pray for them. Ask God to bless them. That's not easy. It was just an invitation, but that's what God is asking us to do. It's up to us, right? He loves us, but that's really what this is about, and that's what the Christian faith is about. One of the things that distinguish so our faith is to love our enemies, forgive others, and even people who hurt us. It's not easy, but that's what he's asking us to do. So uh, I'd like to invite the worship team up, and uh, I'd like to ask you to stand if you can. Okay, if you can't, that's okay. At the start, right, we, we talked about um, uh, Mark chapter 9, and again, where Jesus talked to me, and do you believe? And he says, Lord, I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief.
and I shared myself, but I asked you, what area maybe of your life are you struggling with your faith? Maybe you're waiting for God to answer prayer or waiting for something to happen. It hasn't happened yet, and you're doubting. It could be health. could be finances. could be a family, relationships. could be a future. It could be about a job. could be about your children, school. Or maybe you're just struggling generally right now with your faith and belief in God. Okay? Uh, th think about that for a moment. What is that? What is that area or two areas or that you're doubting? Yeah, could you put up the last slide? I'm, I'm good. Yeah. So I'm going to read this, and at the end, is there, I invite you. It's a small prayer that you could. Sh we could. It's just a show of faith that we could pray back to God, and then I'll close this up in prayer, and the worship team will lead us. Okay. Uh, this is from Joyce Meyer devotional that I read, and we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is—the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. And here's the devotional. As long as we continue to believe, God continues to work in us and for us. Sometimes when I get discouraged because I don't feel that God is doing anything in my life or about my problems, I remember that as long as I keep believing, he keeps working. I even say aloud, I'm believing and God is working. This always makes me feel better and reminds me that God is helping me even though I don't see the results yet. God is also working in your life even when you don't see anything happening. And he is present with you even when you don't feel he's near. Don't determine what God is or is not doing based on how you feel or what you see. Make your determinations based on his word and his promises to you. Keep believing and be assured that he is working. Very soon, he will unveil what he has been doing and you will be pleasantly surprised and overjoyed. Expect something good to happen any moment. So I'm going to read this. You could join if you want to pray with me. Father, I will continue doing my part, which is to believe. And I know that you will continue working in my life. Help me be patient when it seems you are taking a long time. I trust that your way is best. In Jesus' name, amen.